Hello and welcome back to the Whole Nine Sports Podcast, episode 100. I'm your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. You can find me on Twitter at Dilly Sanders. And then joining me today is my co-host, as always, Brandon Olson, who you can find on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And joining us from the Whole Nine Sports live stream that we did all day. Not all day. Well, last, it felt like all day, but the, for the last five hours. And we're immediately jumping into this is Alex Katzen. You can find him on Twitter at Alex Katzen. How did y'all have how, did y'all have fun today? I yeah, did. I had a lot of fun. You were like, oh, joining us from, and I was like, what is he going to say? Like, whole nine headquarters? Like, I was like, he's <laughs> in Washington. Like, I, I was so confused because, yeah, I thought you were just going to name a location. And I was like, oh, okay. No. It's been a um, long day. It has been a long, long day for you. Um, I at least some technical issues aside, I definitely had a very fun time talking to y'all two and Ross Jackson a lot. Yeah, Ross is okay. Eh. (laughs) Ross is here. We can say how we really feel. No, yeah, I had Um, a lot of fun. If you want to see our instant reactions to every pick, you can scroll through our Twitter feed. (laughs) Ross isn't here to record this with us, so he's dead to me. That's very, very true. Also, I need to see how many people have now seen that video of me tilting. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't even say anything in the video. It's just... (sighs) It's just my head just goes into the wall, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, what a pick. Wow. What a a day. Um, So the way this is going to work, Brandon is writing up his... uh, his draft grades for round one, day one, right now. So me and uh, Alex are going to be giving our thoughts and some grades for these picks while Brandon like introduces us to them and gives us a little uh, gives us a little time to to prepare and then he'll say something about he'll say something about him as well. But um, yeah, so sorry, <laughs> it was a long day, um, but oh, it's has here. It been? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, you know, um, it's finally here. The 2020 draft. Brandon, go ahead with it. Uh, all right. So with the first pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's an in, in, in easy A. I mean, yeah. it was it was the easy choice. Um, he's going to be very, very good. Um he has all the tools to be successful. Um, we were talking about it on the stream. No, I don't think he's like a generational prospect, but I think he's going to be very, very, very good in the NFL. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. I think it's an easy A for me as well. Um, it's been the pick for months and months and months. Uh, they didn't now screw they it up. get to go to work together. Yeah. Who would have ever said that Joe Burr is like not a great guy? I don't get it. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was you on the live stream. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, with the second pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, Edge, Ohio State. Uh, I'll go. Another... A, I'll go A plus, <laughs> just yeah. because he's you know the best player in the draft. So yeah, it's it's another one. That, it's one of the, one of these. I feel like we don't really need to talk about it a lot because everyone's seen it coming for a million years. Yeah, easy A for me too. Uh, like Dylan said, it's been on the board for a, a million years. The draft really started at pick three this year. Sorry, at pick four if we think about it. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, all right, well, then bouncing back to before the draft started, pick three, the Detroit Lions take Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Um, Another one, A. a, a. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the beginning of this draft is really easy. Yeah. Um. It's smooth sailing until we get to the next one. Yeah. Easy A for me on the Akuta pick. I think he fits really well with Detroit. Okay. And then pick five. Um, <laughs> <am> I, <laughs> uh, uh, pick four. Brendan, you're going to have to say something about this. Uh, pick four. The New York Giants select Andrew. Do I have to say something? You have something? to say like, something about I it. I could not want to talk. I want to talk about this pick less than I wanted to talk about the Daniel Jones pick. Wow. Wow. And last year when they picked Daniel Jones, I just shut off the draft. <laughs> so that's how much. I, if I was not on a live stream, I would have shut off the draft and just been like, all right, I'm on Twitter for the rest of it. 
<laughs> um, I will give it a C plus because I think he'll be a quality player. Um, I mean, he has a super low floor. The dude will will play it for a long time. I just don't think he will be the best tackle out of this class. At least he definitely doesn't have the highest potential out of anyone in this class. Um, which I think for the Giants, they should have gone with potential and let him grow, let the player grow like a Wurfs and let the player grow with the team. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a solid C as well. Um, like Dylan said, I think that it would have made more sense for the Giants to take a player with a little bit of a higher ceiling um, to kind of pair with the developing duo of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Um, but. You know, they took kind of a finished product in Jones last year, at least in my opinion. Um, they took kind of a finished product again this year. Um, and it kind of feels like they're almost content to just, like, make the wild card every year, uh, which is fine. But I I would have preferred to see, like, a more aggressive ceiling type of move. So I think C's the pick here. He's still going to be a solid player. I would have preferred literally any other offensive tackle. Beckton, Austin, I would rather. I would rather Beckton. Any of uh, the any, top four. Any of the top four, I would have preferred. Even Beckton, because then I'd be like, you know what? Like at least they're banking on their coaching staff being able to develop this guy. But it's like with Andrew Thomas, like it's like okay, you took a guy that's probably not going to get much better, uh, and he's not that great to begin with. Your team sucks. You got plenty of time to develop. <laughs> It's uh-uh. just, oh my god, <laughs> it it gives me like a migraine, like just thinking about it. <laughs> um, and then with the fifth pick, the Miami Dolphins take Tua Tungavailoa, the quarterback out of Alabama. Um, I'll give this a B minus, or no, I'll just a B. I think he is a very accurate, very talented player. It's the question of if he can be healthy. I'd give this a B plus if Tristan Wirfs hadn't fallen past four. I would have gone Tristan Wirfs here if I were them and then traded back up for another quarterback. But it worked out well for them, I think. Um, it, it worked out okay for them. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'll go B minus. I'll give them a B plus. Um, I think that... While there were the injury concerns, obviously, with Tua, Miami's done the most homework on him by far, dating back to, you know, a couple years ago. Um, I think they've been sort of planning for this pick for a couple years, even though it may not seem like it because their offensive line is still terrible um, and the rest of the talent on the team isn't the greatest necessarily. But I do think that they kind of locked in on their guy and they didn't stray from it even when these sort of weird circumstances had some people having to uh, fall a lot further than he ended up doing. Um, so I'll give it a B plus. I think that uh, having a strong sense of conviction as to like your your guy that you want to take, especially a quarterback, is a is a big deal in the NFL. And then Alex's guys, the Los Angeles Chargers take Justin Herbert at pick six. Yeah, Justin Herbert, I'll give this pick another I'll B minus. Um, it's another thing where I would have gone a top tackle, um, and then let one of the quarterbacks slide maybe. Um, but Hey, they got their guy. They've liked this. It's been clear that they've liked this guy for a while. Um, I'll give it a B. Yeah. I'll give it a B as well. Um, it's funny that you said, uh, that they took him with the sixth pick in the way that you did. Cause pick six is, uh, something that I'm expecting quite a few of next year. <laughs> Well, um, I, I am sure Tyrod Taylor will be the day one. Yeah, I, I think he probably will be as well. Um, but I think, like Dylan said, uh, Herbert's been the Chargers guy this whole time. Um, I think that's probably why we didn't see a trade within the top 10 picks here um, between Miami and the, and the Chargers for to get up to the, uh, grab a quarterback is because I think that they both had their preferences and I think they got the guy that they wanted. Um I've been very open about how much I dislike Justin Herbert throughout the pre-draft process. I'm going to wholeheartedly support him now that he's a member of the Chargers. And I I think that he can develop into a quality quarterback. I don't think he's there yet, um, but it's it's definitely a move that in a lot of ways needed to happen for Los Angeles. I'm, so looking, at some, I'm looking at some Justin Herbert jerseys, Alex. 
I I am look I am in the market for a Justin Herbert jersey. Uh, but I would wait until they get his numbered settled. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to wait probably until Sunday to pick one up. Um, but I will buy one. Herbert. Um, <laughs> and then I pick seven. The Carolina Panthers. This is something that we kind of like. It was. I remember seeing rumors for it at one point, but mm-hmm. I was thinking like, oh, they probably wouldn't do it. Um, but they went and did it. The Carolina Panthers drafted Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn, at seventh overall. I'll give this a B plus just because I really like Derek Brown as a player. I just think that they needed Isaiah Simmons more. Yeah, that's kind of my mentality with it as well. I think a B, maybe a B minus, but I think I'll stick with a B. Um, Brown is a really good player. Um, he doesn't play a position that's generally heavily impacted in the draft. Um, you know, it's not really like a highly valued position in the NFL, but. I do think that he's going to be an impact player for Carolina. Carolina has a lot of holes on the defensive line, um, as in, like, they literally just don't have players under contract that play the position. And, you know, again, like Dylan said, I would have liked to see Isaiah Simmons here. I think that would have been a better fit and, like, more of a day one huge impact for them. But Derek Brown's still going to be very, very solid for them. And then uh, Dylan alluded to they should have taken Isaiah Simmons before. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals at pick eight did take Isaiah Simmons. They made him the pick, and even though he went at eight, seemed like a big drop for him, or at least in a lot of people's eyes. So, what are your guys' thoughts on it? A plus. the The Arizona Cardinals were one of the early adopters of this line linebacker safety hybrid kind of player. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're basically getting Deion Buchanan on crack. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be great, um, and especially in that system. This is, a, is a, a great turnout for Isaiah Simmons, and I think that's safe to call the Arizona Cardinals contenders next year. Yeah, I'll give it an A-. minus. The only reason why I'm going A- minus is because, like Dylan said, again, uh, Dylan and I feel very similarly about these first set of picks, but Simmons is, the way that I said it on the live stream, is Simmons is like if Dion Buchanan turned into Captain America. Um I think he's going to be really, really good in that Cardinal system. The only reason why I go A- minus here is because I would have liked to see Arizona go for offensive line help, especially once Tristan Wirf started to kind of fall down the board. Um, I do still think that protecting Kyler Murray needs to be one of their priorities going into next year. And so I might have taken an offensive lineman, but I definitely see why they took Simmons. Um, there's no reason that Simmons should have been there at 8, in my mind at least. Um, and stopping his slide and getting best player available is always a sound strategy as well and then at the ninth overall pick the jacksonville jaguars they kept cj henderson in florida um yeah i'm gonna go probably huh i'll go i'll go a i mean i i like this pick a lot i mean a lot of a lot of talented players have gone so far, um, and a couple picks will be getting to a lower one. But um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it an A. Uh, the only other person I would have gone here, if I were them, maybe a wide receiver or maybe Javon Kinlaw. But they're getting C.J. Henderson because they need another corner who can yeah. cover, which is what corners should do uh, more than tackling. Yeah, I'll give it a. B plus, I think. Um, Henderson wasn't my best corner on the board, um, but I know the NFL was a lot higher on him than I was, and than a lot of people in the community were. Um, like, like you said, Dylan, the Jags just need anyone to play corner. Uh, starting Trey Herndon is a very good way to ensure that you end up with the number one overall pick in twenty twenty one. Henderson is a very aggressive press man corner that I think fits into the Jags system fairly well. Um, so I would I would expect him to make an impact from the jump. Um, I don't, again, you kind of alluded to, I don't love his tackling ability, but I don't think it's a huge concern uh, at the position necessarily. I think we've seen some corner, you know, we've seen a lot of corners excel without necessarily having great tackling skills. And we've seen a lot of them with Great tackling skills not excel in the NFL, and so I don't really think it's a, a death sentence for Henderson by any means. 
Yeah, I mean, Dion just straight up wouldn't even attempt to tackle people. Um, <laughs> He's like, that's bad for my paycheck. <laughs> Obviously not comparing the two, but yeah, like, Dion wouldn't even... You heard it here first. Um, he, wouldn't Mar- even pre- he wouldn't even pretend to try. He would just be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing it. Um, um, yeah. well, I was, I was going to say, I was listening to uh, the Pat McAfee show, and uh, Mark Sanchez today was, like, saying whenever he was, like, a rookie, and he, like, ran up on Vince Wolfork, and Vince Wolfork laid him out and then said, that's a bad career move, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is essentially how Dion looked at his career. And hey, if you're a good cornerback who can cover, you don't need to tackle. Yep. Exactly. That's how it is. It's like, yeah, it, it's nice to have a corner that can tackle and is willing to get dirty, but like, you don't need to really. Yeah, just do your but, job. And you don't get thrown at, and then he has enough tackling yeah. ability to make to make a couple. Yeah. Yep. Um, and to round out the top ten, the Cleveland Browns took Jedrick Wills Jr., who. Is an offensive tackle out of Alabama. I know he's my offensive tackle one. A lot of people did see him as OT1. So falling to 10 was a, a bit of a drop, at least in my eyes. Uh, how do you guys feel about it? Yeah, only one offensive tackle in the top... T- well, two, I guess, in the top 10 was not expected. Um, but, hey, I'll, I'll give them an A- minus just because I had Worfs above, but getting Wills at 10 is not bad at all. I give him an A. Jedrick Wills is my OT one. I think he's, I think he is the best tackle in the class by a pretty significant margin. I wouldn't say like a wide margin, but a significant margin certainly. Um, I don't think he's going to have any problems sliding over to play left tackle in Cleveland, uh, which is where I think they should play him. And I know some people were a little bit lower on him because they were concerned about that move, but I, I think he can do it without any problems. Um, Kind of a similar situation to Arizona. Cleveland's main emphasis coming into this draft needed to be protecting Baker Mayfield uh, and kind of getting his confidence and his swagger back. And I think that this is a really good way to begin to do that. And so I really like this pick a ton. And then back-to-back offensive tackles go in the New York Jets select Mackay Becton, the offensive tackle out of Louisville. Um, I'll give this one a B. Um, I like Becton. He is, uh, he's very, very good. I mean, he's, he's, he could be very, very good. Um, he's fr- a freak, freak athlete. Um, if he uh, if he works, he could be a very good tackle, but Werfs is still on the board here, and I like him more, obviously, because st- he was my OT1. Yeah, I'll give him a B- just because I think they should have taken Tristan Werfs, um, and I think if they didn't want to take Tristan Werfs, then they should have taken a wide receiver instead. Um, I think that the Jets are probably quietly approaching a point at which they need to decide whether or not Sam Darnold is working for them and taking a offensive tackle that I see is a bit more raw than uh, Tristan Wirfs who was still on the board doesn't seem like a great way to do that because then you're trying to develop Mekhi Becton and evaluate him while also trying to evaluate Sam Darnold behind an offensive line that isn't the greatest still um, so it was kind of a intriguing move to me in that respect um, but Again, I, I like Mekhi Becton. I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw on tape. And so I don't think it's a terrible pick by any means, but I, it's just not one that I personally would have made. So B-. minus. And then with uh, the 12th pick in the draft, we saw the Las Vegas Raiders select Henry Ruggs third, Shades of Al Davis, wide receiver out of Alabama. This is a, definitely a Raiders pick. Um, I, knew, I, knew, I just knew Ruggs would be the first receiver off the board. Um, I'll give it a B plus because I don't think he should have been. Um, but he's fast and can catch, um, and he will help out that uh, that offense for a long time to come. Yeah, I'm gonna give it another B minus. I think uh, Henry Ruggs was my wide receiver three. I I don't think that they should have taken him over Judy or Lamb. I think that Al Davis probably rose from the dead and tapped Mike Mayock's phone uh, to make this pick in his stead um but again it's not a terrible pick by any means and the uh i do think that there is some aspect of it of the chiefs are the super bowl champion chiefs are in the raiders division uh the chiefs have tyree kill it's a copycat league the raiders want their own version of that and getting henry ruggs is probably as close as you're going to get um for the foreseeable future so it it certainly makes sense uh, but again it's just not a pick that i would have made so i'll give it a b minus all righty and rude oh yeah sorry i'm just so used to it i've been playing tony rally all night i was just used to it uh at pick 13 because the tampa bay buccaneers traded up with the san francisco 49ers 
Tristan Wirth's offensive tackle from Iowa finally comes off the board here. A plus. I he was my OT one. He they get him at thirteen. Great, great, great pick. Yeah, A plus. Um, they needed to protect Tom Brady. I think the tackles that were in Tampa Bay already uh, weren't going to get it done. Tristan Wirfs shouldn't have made it all the way to 13. I think the trade made sense. Um, even though they only went up one pick, I think that there were definitely other teams that were bidding against them to try to get Wirfs at 13 because San Francisco was looking to move down and get some more picks. Um, so I like the trade. I like the pick. Uh, A-plus for me. And then San Francisco picking at 14 because they traded down one spot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Select Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Um, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B because they just kind of seem to just re- be replacing DeForest Buckner. Um, I mean, you're getting a lot cheaper there at the position. Um, Kinlaw is very good and I don't, don't think me giving that a B is because I don't like him because I do. And I think he'll do very well, but you also have Jerry Judy and CD lamb still on the board who you could have gone. Um, but I mean, I like the pick still. Yeah, I'll give it a B plus. Um, I was a bit higher on Kinlaw than I think some other people in the community were. Um, like you said, Dylan, it kind of seems like they just used the pick to replace DeForest Buckner, which is fine. Um, they did need the the cap space that they saved by doing that. Um, but at the same time, there is probably an argument to be made of like, oh, well, why would you trade an all-pro to pick someone that might become an all-pro? Um, and I do think with Lamb and Judy both on the board at 14, I was very surprised to not see San Francisco go wide receiver just because we've seen that they kind of have some struggles at the position um, with some of their other picks not panning out, some of the guys just not being able to stay healthy, etc. Um, so, again, not a not an awful pick by any means, but again, one that I perhaps wouldn't have made. But I really like Javon Kinlaw as well. I think he's going to be really good in that Niners system. Um, that defensive line remains very scary. And I think San Francisco is well positioned to make another run at the Super Bowl. And as Alex just mentioned, both Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb were on the board at the time of the San Francisco 49ers pick. And now the Denver Broncos take Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out of Alabama, off the board. Um, yeah, getting a player who coming into the season was a consensus top four pick uh, at 15 uh, is not a bad deal at all. Um he is probably one of, if not the best, route runner in this draft. Um, I'll give I'll give this pick an A just because they you know they got Jerry Judy at fifteen. What's what's bad to say about that? Yeah, I'll give it an A as well. I mean, I never thought that Jerry Judy was going to make it to fifteen. I didn't think any of the three receivers were going to make it to fifteen, and then to have two of the three of them make it and to have their pick of Judy or Lamb is. Uh, a dream scenario for John Elway and the Broncos there. Um, I am intrigued only because the only reason why I don't give it an A plus and give it an A instead is because I think CeeDee Lamb fits just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit better just because of his run after the catch ability um, next to Cortland Sutton. But I definitely don't blame Denver for getting the more polished, like incredible route runner in Jerry Judy. Um, So it's still an A for me. And then the next pick was uh, our, our first legitimate head-scratcher of the night. Um, because, you know, we knew the Giants were going to just disappoint somehow. Um, the Atlanta Falcons selected A.J. Terrell, the cornerback out of Clemson. Um, as a Saints fan, I give this an A+. As a general consensus, I give this a C or C-, minus. maybe. I'm not very high on A.J. Terrell. I think people were unjustly low on him uh, i mean I, I don't hate him as a player i just think that there are much better corners especially if, i don't know i just think for that system i think they could have gone better um they obviously got their guy so good for them um i just was not a fan of it especially with chase on still on the board um you know gladney christian fulton damon arnett no I, I, i'm just listing corners i would have taken before aj terrell at this point yeah yeah, I'm going to give it a C-. minus. Um, I think that Atlanta kind of panicked almost, it seemed like, even though they were at this pick for the entire night. 
Um, you know, we had heard rumors that Atlanta was going to try to trade up and get C.J. Henderson maybe, or even like try to trade up even further and try to make a play for Jeffrey Okuda. And I feel like once those those talks kind of fizzled out, they just took the corner that was left rather than like looking at other positions that fell to them on that board or trying to trade out even for a team that wanted C.D. Lamb. Um, Terrell is someone that I was higher on than the consensus, um, but I still had a bunch of corners that I would have taken above him. Like Dylan mentioned Gladney, uh, Jalen Johnson, Christian Fulton, Igbenogany, etc. Um, I think Terrell got a bad rap for his performance in the national championship game against Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, who were two of the best receivers in college football last year. Um, so, And again, obviously, NFL talent is comparable, but he's not going to get burned like that every single game. Um, so it's not, it's not like an LJ Collier in the first round type pick. Um, but it's also not a what I would call a good pick necessarily at first glance. And then I pick 17, the Dallas Cowboys took C.D. Lamb, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Um, I'm going, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go B plus uh, because he's a great player, but it's definitely not a need. Because um, now, I mean, but hey, they now have three wide receiver ones on their roster. Um, so, hey, good for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, they didn't need it. They could have gone pass rusher or replaced Byron Jones or something like that, gone safety. Um, but CeeDee Lamb's a very talented player, so don't blame them. Don't blame them at all for taking him. Yeah, I'll... I'll push it down just a little bit and give them an a minus just because there were players who i think are very very talented that were on the board at positions of bigger need for dallas um caleb on chase on was there again some of the corners that we mentioned um but cd lamb was too i mean it's too good of a value to pass up at 17 and now you have an offense that has amari cooper who uh i think his future is still up in the air i don't think he's signed a contract extension yet maybe i missed that um, and then you have Michael Gallup and you have CeeDee Lamb now. Uh, it's a very, very good wide receiver core and definitely gives the Cowboys a chance to evaluate Dak Prescott on that franchise tag with those weapons because if, if, if he doesn't perform with those weapons, I mean, what else, what else can you give him, really? And then with the 18th overall pick... Oh, God. Right, forgot about this. Um, <laughs> with the 18th overall pick, the Miami Dolphins select Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle out of the University of Southern California. Um, I am higher on Austin Jackson than I think most people, and I'm giving this a C+. A C plus. Um, I, uh, I like, like I said, I like Austin Jackson <laughs> as, a, as a prospect. I mean, he's not 21 yet. Um, I just don't think that this was his best case scenario, and I don't think it was Dolphin, the Dolphins' best case scenario, especially with the talent that is still available um, in other positions of need. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, I think a C. Um, Austin Jackson was not my best tackle that was left. Um, I had a second-round grade on him. I also think, too, he's more of a developmental piece, and I understand for Miami the timeline is probably a couple years out, and so that's fine in a vacuum. But they also took Tua at five, and there's really no competition in front of Austin Jackson as far as a starting role at tackle goes. Um, I do think they're going to end up playing Jackson at right tackle to protect Tua's blind side. The problem with that is that because Jackson is so raw and Tua has the injury concerns, I don't know if that meshes well. well I doubt so that. I, I doubt Tua is playing quarterback next year, so he'll at least have yeah, a, have yeah, a, certainly. He'll at least yeah. have like a year to to settle in. Yeah. So there is that aspect of it, right? Um, but if he does end up playing, or if, even if Austin Jackson's development doesn't progress as fast as Miami would like, I think that you have kind of a mismatched. Uh, priority set as far as those two players go and i would have liked miami i would have liked to see miami address maybe some other needs that they have of the infinite that they have on this team and then pick up a more polished tackle like maybe like a lucas niang in the second rather than this um but you know we'll just have to see i'll give it a c and with their second pick in the first round, the Las Vegas Raiders select Damon Arnett, the quarterback, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Um, I'll give this one another C plus. Um, I like Damon Arnett. 
other corners I think fit them better and uh, would have I would have drafted before him. Uh, but I think he's I think he's cer- certainly talented, um, and he could end up being a, a you know a good player for them. I just think that there were better fits. But uh, I'm gonna. But the the Raiders are are very happy about the pick. Oh, oh yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a B minus C plus in that range. I hate this pick. I'm gonna <laughs> dip all the way down to a D plus. Oh, I Damon Arnett is my cornerback ten. First of all, uh, he ended up being the fourth corner off the board, and I understand the Raiders draft philosophy, um, and I understand how Damon Arnett fits into it. The problem that I have isn't so much Damon Arnett going this high as it is the fact that I don't think that it fixes the problem in the secondary that the Raiders have. Uh, Ross and I talked about this quite a bit on the live stream, but basically Damon Arnett profiles is more of a slot corner to me in the NFL, and the Raiders already have a pretty good slot corner in Nevin Lawson, um, who was in Detroit before this, and they really don't have anyone to play corner on the outside. They have Trayvon Mullen, who they drafted in the second round last year. They have uh, Isaiah Johnson, who they drafted in the fourth round. But other than that, there's really no one else. Um, I think they have Ken Crawley on a futures contract, but does that really count? Um, I just think that if they were going to go corner, there were other corners on the board that could play outside for them with no problem, and I don't know that Arnett can do that necessarily. Um, And then add into into that that he's not the most athletically gifted corner on the planet, um, and I think he's going to get kind of targeted by some of these other AFC West offenses, especially now that you have, obviously you have Tyree Kill in the Chiefs offense and you have Jerry Judy now with the Broncos and then you have like a Keenan Allen type with the Chargers. I think it's just a, it's easy prey it seems like for AFC West teams. Poor Damon Arnett just wanted to play some football with his friends and Alex is being rude to him. <laughs> Uh, the 20th overall pick of the first round was Calevon Chase on the edge rusher out of LSU. Uh, that is a B plus. Um, excuse me one second. I had to sneeze. Cool, cool. I had to sneeze really bad. <laughs> nice. Um, That's good. He is a very good player. Um, I think they could have addressed some other needs, but Yannick Ngakwe is is leaving plus they have now a young core of Josh Allen and Caleb on chase on at at the edge and Caleb on chase on can can be many things for a, a defense so um not not a bad pick at all rumor yeah, has gonna, it he speaks three languages yeah he did say that. <laughs> um i'm going to give this a b plus as well i i do like that Jacksonville was preemptive about replacing Ngakwe before trading him in a sense um in the sense of like you know if they weren't going to get a trade for Yannick done today I didn't want them to have to take his replacement in the second or third round um and you know possibly get a player that wasn't going to pan out and be as good as him um but then there's also the other side of that coin of now that they have his replacement theoretically obviously on the roster uh kind of decreases their leverage even more from the zero they had um considering Yannick Ngakwe's very public Twitter feud with Tony Khan the other day. Um, but I do like Chason as a Jaguar. Um, I think that he fits very well with what they want to do. I think that the Jaguars have always um, prioritized physicality, especially on that defense. And I think that Chason can bring an element of that to Jacksonville. And then also one of the main criticisms about him is that he's raw, uh, he's only been playing football for four or five years, but Jacksonville's timeline is such that they can kind of allow him to develop and hope that he reaches the very high ceiling that he has um, by the time that they're ready to contend again, you know, whether that's two, three, four years down the line. And then with the 21st pick of the first round, the Philadelphia Eagles, oh my God, took <laughs> Jalen Rager, the wide receiver out of TCU. Um, big sad (laughs) I'll give this one a B plus simply because I would have taken Justin Jefferson before him Um, but uh, you know they need a wide receiver and they get get their speed guy Um, don't let his 40 time uh, at the combine sway you because he was hurt Um, 
But you know, Rager's very good. He gets up and he goes up and gets it. Uh, Carson Wentz has a true wide receiver one target now. I'm gonna go ahead and give this an A minus for a couple different reasons. Um, reason one is that I didn't realize until today that Jalen Rager's dad played a season for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think it's always uh, just kind of a nice story to have that sort of lineage. Um, going back in the NFL, playing for the same team. I, I just think it's cool. Um, uh, but then also, I think that Jalen Rager fits the Eagles offense better in the sense that he can learn pretty much directly from Deshaun Jackson. I think that Justin Jefferson was going to be used more in the slot if he went to Philadelphia, which is fine, and Philadelphia targets their slot receivers a lot. It's just that their slot receiver is essentially Zach Ertz. Um, and so you create kind of a redundancy as far as that goes. With Jalen Rager, I feel like you can have him, like I said, learn from Deshaun Jackson, maybe take over the punt return duties from him so that uh, Jackson kind of has a lighter load and hopefully is, can uh, hold up throughout an entire season. Uh, but then also once Deshaun Jackson kind of ages out of his contract or he decides to retire, then you have someone who can just immediately take over that role completely and be kind of the mid-2000s era Deshaun Jackson on the Eagles that we saw before he went to a couple other teams and then eventually ended up coming back. And so I really like this fit from a mentorship perspective as far as that goes, and I think that this is probably one of the better situations for Rager. And I'm honestly just happy that he went in the first round. I think that he deserved it, and he wasn't getting talked about it enough because his quarterback play was horrendous. Um, I still get nightmares about having to watch Alex Delton tape. So this was a good pick. And then immediately following Jalen Rager was Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU, being taken at number 22 by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this is a an A Again, um, I just this is a very talented first round class. Um, so I, I like I like a lot of these players. Um, he's he's very good. He does everything very well. Uh, his catch radius is insane. He runs good routes. He's fast. Um, they get uh, they get a replacement for Diggs. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a, a I'm gonna give this a a minus again. I think. Just because, again, I think that Jefferson is a little bit redundant with what Adam Thielen does well. And part of why I feel like Minnesota traded away Stephon Diggs is because the two, the two of them, Diggs and Thielen, were a little bit redundant. And so it kind of created this weird dynamic between the two. I don't think it'll be as much of a problem with Jefferson, just because I, um, everything that I have been led to believe uh, makes me think that he doesn't have necessarily have the same uh, demand for targets that Stefan Diggs had in 2019. Um, and I do think that having some scheme versatility in terms of lining up Thielen in the slot versus lining up Jefferson in the slot, having the other one outside kind of matchup dependent um, does kind of does create a very nice um, game plan proof offense for Minnesota. Um, and I think that this was a very good spot for them to pick up a guy that they at a position that they really needed. And then with the 23rd pick, we saw the Los Angeles Chargers trade up with the New England Patriots to draft Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, I'll let you go into depth for this one, Alex. I'll, I'm just going to say I'll give sure. this one a B. Um, just because I like him as a player, but what you had to give up. Oh, but I'll let you go into depth about this one. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, I do, I do agree that it was a bit of an overpay. Uh, we gave up our second and our third rounders in this draft to move back into the first, get pick 23 and take Kenneth Murray. I thought we were going to be at the time when the trade went through, Justin Jefferson hadn't been picked by Minnesota and so for a while, I thought Minnesota was going to go corner, and we were trading up to get Justin Jefferson to play slot receiver for us. And then Justin Jefferson went at, went at the Vikings pick, and I thought, okay, we're trading up for a corner because a lot of the really quality corners had started to drop down the board. And so I was a little bit surprised when Murray was the pick. Um, I think that ESPN has slotted him in as our backup middle linebacker behind Denzel Perryman. I think it's more likely that he's going to start at outside linebacker, probably over Nick Vigil. And then Uchenna Nwosu is probably going to play full-time edge. Um, I'm going to give it a B plus. I think. 
Um, they, the fit is kind of intriguing to me. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with it, but I really like Kenneth Murray as a player. I think he can develop into a really nice piece. And so getting him onto my favorite team is uh, something that I'm certainly not opposed to. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And then with the 24th overall pick, we saw the New Orleans Saints draft Cesar Ruiz, the interior offensive lineman from Michigan. So, Dylan, I'll let you go more into depth in the, on this one. Uh, I'll say that I'll give I give this a A minus. I'm giving this one an A. Um, Cesar Ruiz is ugh, I love Cesar Ruiz. Um, I love this pick. A lot of Saints fans are complaining for some reason about getting Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz in back to back years. That is two Pro Bowl interior offensive linemen for years to come. Um, again, it's not a sexy draft, which the Saints don't normally have a lot of sexy drafts. They have quality drafts, um, which is something I like. Um, they, this is apparently since it's come out, Ruiz has been their guy the entire time, um, and they in the first round played out exactly like they wanted it to. Um, and if there's one thing I know, it's whenever the Saints get their guy, it works out. And with the 25th pick in the first round, we saw the San Francisco 49ers trade up from 31 to swap with the Minnesota Vikings and take Brandon Ayuk, the wide receiver out of Arizona State. Um, I am a big fan. I'll give this one a B+. I love the player, um, but he also is kind of just another Debo Samuel, which is not bad to have. Um, yeah, trade. I didn't think they needed to trade up for him, uh, but you know, front offices know what we don't. Um, and it seems that he wasn't going to be there for their next pick. So if this is their guy, um, he seems like a Kyle Shanahan receiver through and through. Um, so th- if this is their guy, good for them. Uh, I think he's going to be very, very good. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a B. Just because, like you said, I felt like they didn't need to trade up from 31 to get there. And obviously, again, um, NFL front offices know stuff that we don't. Um, but from the outside, it looked like they didn't need to jump to 25 to get him. And then also, if they um, wanted a receiver, I felt like they could have just taken one at 14. And maybe Javon Kinlaw was just their guy, and they loved him that much. Um, but I think they could have just stood pat at 14, taken a receiver, and then not had to move from 31 and address maybe some other needs, maybe uh, picked up a corner because, again, the corners kind of fell down the board in this draft. Um, Ayuk is someone that I had a like, mid-late second round grade on. Um, I wasn't super, super high on him. I really liked his tape from 2018, and then I felt like he kind of stayed the same in 2019. Uh, I didn't really see that much improvement from him. Um, but I think that he's going to... I think, like you said, he's a very Kyle Shanahan type of receiver. Um, I think that this pretty much spells the end for Dante Pettis in San Francisco, as unfortunate as that is for me, a University of Washington fan. Um, But it's not like Pettis was seeing the field very much anyway. Um, So I'll give this a solid B. And then the 26th pick of the first round so the green bay packers trade up with the miami dolphins to take jordan love the quarterback out of utah state um let's see i will give this one a c just because it can work out very well in the future um now it's not gonna help them immediately win a ring um but they're they're looking far ahead into the future for another three, three or four years out. Um, this is the best case scenario for Jordan Love. Um, great for him. For him, it's an A plus. This is an A plus situation. He gets to sit and learn, and that's what he needed to do. Um, but yeah, so Jordan Love, I'll give it a C. Uh, he can be very very well, um, but it's it's not going to help them win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to give it a C plus just because I think I'm uh, – I believe that this is the best possible situation for Jordan Love, and I am of the opinion that Green Bay felt like it was necessary to trade up to 26 to get him 
because 27 is the Seattle Seahawks, and we know that they have a history of trading out of their pick. Um, one of the more popular things I had seen in mocks for the last couple months once the Colts traded out of 13 was them turning back into 27 to take Jordan Love. Um, I think that this is a very Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre-esque situation, except that Aaron Rodgers is now the elder quarterback in the room. Um, Green Bay obviously sees more of the Patrick Mahomes side of Jordan Love comps that we've seen during the pre-draft process than the uh, Jameis Winston type comps, probably. And so I think if he sits for, you know, two, three, maybe even four years, depending on how long Aaron Rodgers can go for, um, I think Aaron Rodgers is 36 right now, maybe a little bit younger. Um, You know, so his time is running out. However, I would have liked to seen Green Bay go for a player that would have helped him win more immediately. Uh, Patrick Queen was still on the board, for example. I think he would have fit really well with Green Bay. Um, Maybe some offensive line help, another wide receiver. Um, but I don't, I don't hate the fit. Like I said, I think it's the best possible situation for Jordan Love. And if Green Bay can go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to a much improved Jordan Love, that's kind of best case scenario, then they've got to be the luckiest fans on the planet. And then with the 27th pick of the first round, the Seattle Seahawks, who decided to not trade out, when really they could have and still gotten this guy. Uh, to Jordan Brooks, the linebacker from Texas Tech. Yikes. It's gonna, that's my grade for it. Um, I'm going <laughs> to go D um, just because, you know, they had, they had Yetro Grossmatos sitting in their lap. Um, that's where they should have gone, in my opinion. Uh, they, they, needed, they needed a pass rusher. Um, Jordan Brooks isn't going to help them right now. Um he could be good in the future, but this is a very Seattle Seahawks pick. I would have rather them taken the other rumored pick in uh, Daryl Taylor. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Taylor at least fills a need for the Seahawks. Um, linebacker was not exactly a need. Uh, with Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright still on the depth chart, I will say that ESPN currently lists Jordan Brooks as the starting weak side linebacker for the Seahawks, so maybe... That's the idea. Um, they didn't like the depth that they had with Ben Burkirvan and uh, Shaquem Griffin and et cetera, uh, which is fine. But I'm going to give this, I think, a C- minus, just because I sort of understand where they're coming from in the sense that this is a very Seahawks-type pick to be making. Um, and I don't want to just give the Seahawks a terrible grade just because they picked a player that is a very Seahawks player. Um like Brandon alluded to in his introduction to the pick, I think that Seattle definitely could have traded out and still gotten Jordan Brooks. I don't think there was any risk of him going uh, in the rest of the first round. But we've seen Seattle do this before to uh, varying levels of success, let's call it. Um, with the LJ Collier pick in 2019 and then the Rashad Penny pick in 2018, um, this is just what they do. I really like Jordan Brooks. I think he's going to develop into a very nice player. Um, And learning from veterans like Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, like I mentioned, is going to be good for his development. And so I think that it's a it's a future it's a it's a move that was made with an eye towards the future. Um, But again, Seattle is a team that I think should have been making moves that are more geared towards right now. And then with the 28th pick of the first round, we saw the Baltimore Ravens take another linebacker, Patrick Queen, out of LSU. Um, this is a, um, this is an A. I think they got my linebacker too. Uh, it felt he fell to them. Uh, a lot of people were saying Kenneth Murray was going to be the pick here, but you know, they got traded up. Um, obviously, I like Patrick Queen. He's a uh, he is a, I say compared to Kenneth Murray, he is definitely a higher floor, lower ceiling, but the, uh, the ceiling is still very high for him. Um, he's all over the field. He's great in coverage. Um, he is going to be a star on that team. Yeah, I'm going to give this an A- uh, because I don't think Patrick Queen should have made it to 28. And it seems like I say that about every Ravens pick that they've ever made. The Ravens are very good at capitalizing on value in that sense. Um, 
this really just worked out perfectly for them. Um, they needed linebacker help pretty desperately, I think, both at outside linebacker, which in their system is an edge, and an inside linebacker. Um, they've, they sorely missed C.J. Mosley last year, and then Matt Judon on the franchise tag um, might, not, might be a tag-and-trade candidate. Um, so edge help is still in the cards for them, certainly. But I think Patrick Queen was the best value on the board, uh, and in addition to that, he was at a position of huge need for Baltimore. I really like the value. I really like the fit. I think Queen is a very Ravens-type linebacker. Um, so a minus with the 29th pick of the first round the Tennessee Titans selected Isaiah Wilson the offensive tackle out of Georgia I'll go um, B minus I don't I think they I think there were better tackles available or better pass rushers available but they need a right tackle and he is uh, he's a good one Um He's very good in the run game, and they need to open up spots for Derrick Henry. Um, it's this is this is all this really says to me is that Derrick Henry is about to get paid. Yeah, I'm going to give this a C plus because I think, like Dylan said, that there were better tackles available. Um, I do know that Isaiah Wilson was higher on NFL teams boards than. Uh, people in the community's boards, obviously, since he went in the first round, and I think most people that I talked to did not have a first-round grade on Isaiah, on Isaiah Wilson. Um, it is a natural fit with the Titans, who needed a right tackle after Jack Conklin left in free agency, um, so Wilson is kind of plug-and-play in that respect. But I think that there were even a couple right tackles that I liked better, specifically Lucas Niang from TCU, again, who I mentioned earlier. Um, so I don't I don't hate the pick necessarily, but again, um, kind of the theme of this first round, at least to me, is just teams making picks that I wouldn't have necessarily have made. And the 30th pick of the first round, the Miami Dolphins, using the pick that they got from the Green Bay Packers, selected Noah Igbenogane, the corner out of Auburn. I give this one a... Man, I like him, but I don't like the fit here. Um, yeah, me neither. C plus or B minus, I think for me, because I like the yeah. player a lot, um, and he can definitely be trained to play in the slot. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll go B minus just because I do like the player a lot. He's an athletic freak. Yeah, I'm gonna go B minus as well because I like Dylan. I like Noig Benogany. I really like Noig Benogany. Um, I do not like this fit with the Dolphins, though. The Dolphins have the two highest-paid corners in the league in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard right now. Noe Benogany is not a natural slot corner. I feel like the slot corner class this year is very deep, um, You know, especially once you lump in the safeties that are probably going to end up being more nickel defenders in the NFL anyway. Um, and with the amount of picks that Miami has, I felt like they could have waited and gotten a more pure slot corner rather than training someone to play in the slot. Um, the only thing that this really suggests to me is that perhaps Miami will be looking to move Xavier and Howard, um, which isn't necessarily something that I would recommend again, but it does seem like it might be a move that they're considering uh, for the right price. Um, Xavier Howard is probably overperformed maybe just a little bit um, and then also like if Miami just wants to get even more draft capital to continue building their team that way um, that's really the only thing that like would make sense to me regarding this pick but otherwise I don't really get this one and I'm really only giving it a B minus just because I really really like the player that was taken and then with the 31st pick in the first round, we saw the Minnesota Vikings take Jeff Gladney, who finally came off the board here. Finally. Wow. Um, the uh, Man, he's a good player and a very good, uh, very good fit. Um, I had a better fit with Jalen Johnson, but Jeff Gladney is super talented. Um, I am going to – I'll go in A-. minus. Um, I like the player a lot, and I, I like the value here. Um, he definitely deserved to be a first-rounder. I'm going A+. Uh, Jeff Gladney was either my corner two or corner three. I had him and Christian Fulton vir virtually tied. Um, Christian Fulton, who didn't end up going in the first round. 
Um, but I had him and Fulton virtually tied. I really, really like Jeff Gladney. I think that he fits very well with the Vikings system. I thought that the Vikings were going to take him at 22, um, and then I thought they were going to take him at 25, and then they ended up trading out. And the fact that they were still able to get him all the way down at 31 is ridiculous to me. Um, it's a great value. They get a great player at a position of huge need. Obviously, it's another first-round corner for the Vikings, which has turned into kind of a meme. But also, they don't have anyone that plays corner right now. Everyone else left. And so corner was definitely a huge need for them. Gladney's a supremely physical corner. I think that he should have gone way, 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 way higher than this. And I was just happy to hear his name called. I think he's going to be great as a Viking. I give this an A+. And Mr. Irrelevant of the uh, of the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs selected Clyde the Glide, Clyde Edwards Elair, the running back out of LSU. Man, I'll give this one an A. It's one of the rare rare times I'll give a running back in the first round an A. Um, but if you're the Chiefs you get to take a running back in the first. Um, and man, what a, what a fit. I saw, um, I, didn't, I had not thought about this at all. Um, I love the fit, but um, I loved it even more whenever uh, Austin Cunningham basically said that this is uh, Andy Reid's uh, new Brian Westbrook. Um, yeah. I, love, I love this fit a lot. Um, he's going to do super well. Obviously, I'm super happy for Clydro that he gets to, you know, be making the, making that money. Um, the the Chiefs clearly got their guy, um, and he's going to be scary good in that offense. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it a B plus. I think, like you alluded to, um, I hadn't thought about the Andy Reid Brian Westbrook connection until I saw that tweet as well, um, and then all of a sudden this pick made a lot more sense to me. I think Clyde fits what the Chiefs want to do very very well. Um, which is why I think they went with him over more consensus RB1s like DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, even like a Jonathan Taylor. Um, I certainly didn't expect to hear his name called on Thursday night. Um, so that was kind of intriguing, and I think that you know maybe that knocks down the grade a little bit just in terms of like I feel like it was a bit of a reach. But again, um, I do have to applaud Kansas City's level of commitment to getting a guy that they fall in love with during the process. Like I said, at the, uh, towards the top of this draft, I think that's a very important part of um, of drafting in the NFL is just sticking to your guns as far as evaluations go um, and not letting you know opinion be swayed by the kind of group think going on. Uh, I really like Clyde. I think that he's going to be a great pro. I hate that I'm going to have to see him on the Chiefs because that means I have to actively root against him. And Clyde is one of those players that I want to root for desperately. Um, I think he's going to be awesome. Root for the player, not the team. Yeah. I mean, I'll try, but when they play the Chargers twice a year, I have to root against him as part of rooting against the team. I've gotten very good at rooting for players that I, that I hate that are playing for teams (laughs) that I players that I love that are playing for teams that I hate Uh, every week with, Devin White, I get super. Ha- I'm super happy that he's performing well, but I, uh, you know, have despise to despise that he's on the Bucks. Despise yeah. that he's on the Bucks, and yeah. whenever they play the Saints, they're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. I'll give him a B plus. Brandon, what at least give us? You can give us your overall consensus about the first round. Uh, there were a few head scratchers for me. Um. I like I I don't understand how like Jeff Gladney fell so far. I know that uh, Jalen Rager's always been like the TCU guy that I talk about, but Jeff Gladney is someone that technically he's very technically sound. I would have thought that he would have gone significantly higher than this. Um, I liked seeing teams start to get aggressive um, because early on we went what the first twelve picks without a trade and then thirteen got traded. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, I like seeing teams start to get ad- start to get aggressive to get their guys. Like the Bucks wanted to make sure the 49ers didn't trade with anybody else, so they traded up for thirteen to get Tristan Wirfs. Uh, Packers traded up to get Jordan Love. Whether or not you like the fit or whether or not you like the pick, um, seeing the 49ers trade up to get Brandon Ayuk, make sure they jumped 
whoever they thought was going to take him. I liked seeing teams get aggressive. Uh, I was kind of shocked that we didn't really get any trades early. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was weird as well. Yeah. Um, overall, super fun round. Um, yeah. A lot of talent left. Um, yeah, certainly. Can I say one thing too? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that, you know, we, we heard a couple days before round one kicked off that mock drafts this year were more wrong than ever. Um, and I guess on the one hand, I sort of get that because I, I just went back and looked through Josh and I's seven round mock that we did mm-hmm. um, just because it was on the front page and it was the first one that I could click on. Um, and we got 25 of the 32 first rounders in the first round. Um, but like apart, you know, after like the first, after like the top five, we didn't get a lot of like the team to player fits right. So I guess I understand that. But also I felt like the round kind of went chalk other than like a couple pretty big head scratchers. And so I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I was actually looking at the uh, collaborative mock that we all did. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Burrow to Cincy, Young to Washington. We got the first three right. Right. And then we got at different slots, we got Jedrick Wills right uh, mm-hmm. to the Jets. I mean, no, Jedrick Wills went to the uh, the Browns. Went to the Browns and Beckham into the Jets. But we got Simmons right to Arizona. We got. Mm-hmm. Henderson right to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. We got Derek Brown right to Carolina. Um, yeah, we had like those picks. We had like matched up fine, and right. then it just it blew out of the water. Yeah, um, the only one in the <laughs> mid picks that I got right was Rugs to Las Vegas. But I I I, I did I uh, oh no I got Rugs to Las Vegas and I got Judy to Denver. So I ended up with seven right picks in the first round and i'll very gladly take that yeah more than i expected to get right honestly i'll have to go back and look at the last individual mock that i did to see how many i i have not done one in a very long time you really have not i want to see what my last one was like (laughs) all right alex i'm looking at i'm looking at yours you got you got burrow you got chase um I got Akuda to the Lions, but I had them trade down first, so I don't know if that counts. That doesn't count. Okay. Uh, you got, got, it counts team to Panthers. player, but it does not count as a correct pick. Yeah. You got you got Justin Herbert to Chargers. You got Derek Brown to Carolina. You had Isaiah Simmons to Arizona. Look at you. Oh, I think that's a – is that in Josh and I's or is that – No, this is your your very your, – your, your individual one. My last one? Yeah. 4.0? Mm-hmm. It it's been so long since I did a mock that the yeah. draft order was not set the last time <laughs> I did it. But I did get, I got uh, Burrow, I got Young, I got Tua, I got Okuda. Uh, let's see what else did I get. Did I get anything else right? Probably not. Uh, I got Herbert, so I got those five. I got Henderson, so six. Um. Let's see if there's anything else. Oof. Uh, I got rugs to the Raiders. Last time I did a mock, Dylan Moses was still not. Uh, <laughs> back. Um, yeah. I do want to look. I'm gonna. Okay, so last thing, I'm gonna go quick and look back to my way too early mock draft and see if I got literally anything right. Probably Andrew uh, Thomas at four. I, I I think I think I did. I think I got that one right. Let me see. I'm looking at it now. I got no. Um, I did have Derek Brown going seven. Just, it wasn't to the it wasn't to the Panthers, right? Yeah, because it was not at all set. <laughs> um, I had Chase Young going at eight. Grant Delpit at three. Walker Little going at ten. <laughs> LaVisca Chenault at five. Well, this was yeah. Well, that was not a crazy pick at the beginning of <laughs> the beginning of this rep. I got absolutely. I got one player right at the right position. Oh well, you still had Jalen Johnson going ridiculously early. Yeah, as I've always, <laughs> I've always been a fan of his. 
Albert Okwebunamets. I got the Chargers going to the J- going Jake Fromm. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> that would have been the only pick that I would have not accepted. <laughs> Grant Calcaterra. <laughs> oh, Grant Calcaterra. JPH Titans don't need help at safety. <laughs> Trey Adams at twenty eight. <sighs> well, that's what you get with a way too early draft. Um. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Um, hope you all enjoyed. Come listen to us again tonight for another absurdly long amount of time as we cover day two of the draft live on Twitch.tv. Um, thanks for 100 episodes, and here's to 100 more.